Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Harry, Hermione, and he who must not be named, this podcast discusses casino gambling. Whether in the stock market, cryptocurrency, or a casino, please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or need to pay bills. The past performances of our host or guests are not indicative of future results. If you feel you have or may have a gambling problem, contact a problem gambling hotline in your area. If you don't know how to contact the hotline to obtain help, you may send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that information for you and make sure you have it. It is our host's intent to provide fact-based information as accurately as possible. The names of guests and individuals encountered by our host are changed to protect their privacy and to entertain you. While this is reality podcasting, sometimes events happen to our host that are not interesting and do not affect his financial outcomes. Such items may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. The highways for gamblers, better use your sense. Take what you've gathered from coincidence. Don't worry, it's not all over now, baby blue. We are literally just getting started. Welcome to episode 68 of our Casino Combat Podcast, everyone. As always, I'm your host, TRG, just back from Las Vegas and recording this live in the Casino Combat Studios located in Parts Unknown. We are going to be really basic and straightforward this week, everyone. I'm still trying to sort out what time zone I'm in. I've got a lot to share with you from my Las Vegas trip. It's going to take a while. I think it will be educational and informative. Kind of part results and part monologue on various casino wisdoms that were involved in the trip or useful in the trip. So we're going to do a travel segment to cover the first part of the Las Vegas trip up to Saturday night, which is the end of the Casino Combat Week, most episodes. I'll cover the rest of the trip and the rest of my current week of gambling in the next episode. I'm going to also do a virtual VIP lounge segment, as I always do, and cover a story about a conversation in Las Vegas where a brilliant young man finally understood something I've said often that is usually met with blank stares. That's it. Just two segments today. Let's get started with... uh, Okay, nope. Change of plans, apparently. I just got a note from T-Rex. I'm also answering a question, I guess, and answering it on the fly. I'm going to trust T-Rex on this one. I'm going to hope this works out. If it stinks, it's his fault. Okay, T-Rex, send the question. We will do questions my sons ask first thing. Uh, Can't wait to hear the question. After we do the question, we'll get on with the rest of the battle plan for the episode. Big long travel segment and kind of a trippy fun story in the virtual VIP lounge. Here we go. Buckle up, everyone. Hopefully this is a fun question. What? What? Okay, here we go. Let's do this. Uh, what goes here? Okay, my sons ask questions about gambling and listeners ask questions about gambling sometimes. What did our listeners ask today? Let's see. <laughs> okay, uh, Gwen313 writes, oh, okay, okay, I get it now. Okay, we can do this without a script. Gwen313 writes, TRG, love the podcast. I've learned a lot. You are almost like a casino cheat code. I just listened to episode 24. 
was Kenny Rogers okay, was Kenny Rogers right about anything? Okay, I love this. I get it. T-Rex is thinking. I understand now. Hey Gwen, thanks for writing. I'm so happy and so humble to hear I've helped you. I appreciate the cheat code comment. I actually said that to the Legends of Lehigh a few months ago. You'll meet them in about 40 more episodes, I think. Something like that. Getting into the 60s, I actually said that to the Legends of Lehigh. Good guys. You'll enjoy meeting them. Okay, if you've not listened, and I'm going to trust her on this one. I'm going to trust her. It was episode 24. I'm not positive. I'm just going to trust Gwen on this one. So if you didn't listen to 24 or you do not recall... In that episode, I was talking about a hit song, The Gambler, by Kenny Rogers, and he sings that you don't count your money while sitting at the table. There's enough time for counting when the dealing's done, and that's wrong. I, I, I said that's wrong. I still believe that's wrong. From a casino combat point of view, it's wrong. Maybe from a poker point of view, it's not. Casino combat, you should be keeping a win stack and a play stack and counting exactly how much you've won or lost to know when to leave the table, either if you're winning or if you're if you're losing. And since I'm just making this up as I go, The Gambler is a very Casino Combat song from a random point of view. Stylistically, here at Casino Combat, I love to drop G's at the end of words. We are rambling, gambling, and always be grinding. No G's to be found. We kind of like leaving out G's at the end of words as much as we like replacing C's with K's in other words. Mr. Rogers' song is the same way. You are sitting at the table, not sitting at the table. You do your counting, not your counting, when the dealing, not dealing, is done. So that part is right from my point of view. And that's me rambling as I do this on the fly, trying, not trying to buy time. Not really answering your question, Gwen. Okay, but so here we go. Since I'm ad-libbing, I'm going to reserve the right to amend my remarks at some point in the future. But right here today, I'm going to say that there is plenty of good advice in Mr. Rogers' songs. But perhaps the single best piece of advice I would point to is near the beginning. If you are going to play the Game Boy, you better learn to play it right. And he was talking about po poker mostly, but I'd call the air quotes game Casino gambling, not poker. And I'd say that he is very, very correct on that. I love sharing my stories and results with all of you. But the reason I created this podcast is to teach people how to play the game of casino gambling and play the game well. To play at a high level with a high chance of success in the long run. That's what I'm trying to teach. That's what I'm trying to tell people about. That's what I'm trying to demonstrate in what I do. That means knowing what casino games give the house the smallest advantage. That means understanding money management. That means understanding how to benefit from and exploit reward systems. If you're going to gamble seriously, if you're going to play the game, boy, and not just occasionally play for amusement, you have to learn to play the game the right way. If you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. So at least for today, that's my answer to your excellent question, Gwen. Thank you for taking the time to send your fun question. The time in was perfect. Well done. Thanks, T-Rex. That was fun. Here we go. Back on plan, back on script, back into our travel segment. You know that the wheels were squealing. That must be what we're doing next. 
I always tend to say you either earn your vacation before you leave for vacation or when you return from vacation or both. You end up doing the work you would have done on vacation, at least I do, before or after to find that time in your life to to take a break and to take some downtime. I earned as much of my vacation before I left as I could, which meant very little casino time Monday through Wednesday last week. But I did get in a quick stop at the horse track with the slot machines on my way to see a client to play my weekly free slot play and get my free lunch. Little part of my life I don't have to pay for and a little bit of extra cash into my life from playing the free money that they gave me. And from there, it was off to Las Vegas to surprise a very good friend, a very dear friend for his 50th birthday. We talked last episode about having a plan for a gambling trip like this, and we've spoken in the past about Casino Wisdom number 63, plan around your promotions. And I did that. To maximize my comps and minimize my expenses, I started off my trip at the Mirage. Now, roughly a year ago, my relationship with the MGM brand, it'd be kind to call it minimal. It was trivial. There's a local slots only MGM property in my area near one of my customers. I stop there once in a while if they've offered me some free slot play or if I needed to spend a few dollars to keep my tax-free free imaginary money from expiring. When in in Las Vegas, sometimes Mrs. TRG and I might gamble a little at an MGM property if we were there to see a show or to enjoy a specific restaurant. But until about a year ago, that was about it with the MGM brand for me. But when I was able to tier match to MGM's gold level, that's their third tier. That's kind of where the good stuff starts. I, I was able to do that during a trip to Las Vegas. And I got their credit card to start building tier points that way. I started taking my MGM more relationship more seriously at that point. I started being more aware of it, more focused on it, and doing some gambling at their properties in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, and at one of their resorts about three hours west and north of my home. I was doing that to create more options brand-wise in my gambling in case I didn't like the direction Caesars Entertainment went under new ownership. On each of my recent visits to Las Vegas, I did some gambling at various MGM properties to kind of keep building that relationship up to see how that would pay off. And it paid off this trip. I was able to get my first night fully comped at Mirage. That was Wednesday night. My second night, Thursday, they comped me everything but just a few dollars. And my third night was comped at about 30% of what they were charging for a regular room on Friday night. And that was a very fair offer from my point of view, given how much action they had seen from me to that point. It's going to change. It's going to change a lot based on how much gambling I did with MGM on this trip to Las Vegas. But for this trip, I was given a very basic room on the fourth floor. I wasn't expecting much, particularly with the low floor, but I was really pleasantly surprised. The room was really, really nice, really, really well set up. From a tech point of view, from a furnishings point of view, bathroom was very nice. And I even had a strip view, which included the volcano out front when it erupted. So much better than their worst room, I'm sure, which would have just looked at a parking garage. Casino Wisdom number 74 teaches us that if there is an app, get the app. This is so true with MGM, as I discovered on this trip. First time I've stayed with them in a very long time. I have their app installed on my phone so I can check points and that kind of stuff. I was surprised when it prompted me the morning I was leaving that I could check into my room using the app, which I did. 
Later in the day, while waiting for a connecting flight in Denver, the app informed me that my room was ready. It gave me the room number, directions to my room from various entrances, and a digital key that allowed me to use my phone to unlock the door to my room. When I arrived at the hotel well past midnight East Coast time, I was able to skip the front desk and just go directly to my room and, and settle in. And be honest, I'd napped on the plane, I freshened up, I grabbed a shower, I changed clothes, and I went downstairs to do some gambling. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that Gabriel is much better at building allies than I am, and that's one of our casino wisdoms as well, have allies. Since I was going to be staying at the Mirage and gambling for several days, I got to work building allies at the very first blackjack table. I met the waitress for the pit, assuming correctly that she would be working the same pit most nights. And I overtipped her when she brought my first drink, which leads to a fun story. As I'm placing my first drink order with the waitress I just met, a young woman to the right of me says she'll have a double vodka and crayon. And the waitress informed her that they don't serve doubles. When she delivered my drink, as I said, I intentionally overtipped. When she came back around a half an hour later, the young woman once again ordered a double and was told once again that the casino didn't serve doubles. And then here's the fun part. When the waitress returned to deliver the second round of drinks, as she's putting my drink on the table, she leaned in and said rather quietly, I told the bartender to pour doubles for you. <laughs> That's a direct benefit of following casino wisdom number 86, have allies. This waitress became a wonderful ally. The next evening, I sit down and within five minutes, without even coming to take an order, my drink just appears at my elbow. And she says, I was wondering how long you were going to keep me waiting this evening. And I told her that I, this just couldn't go on this way. I couldn't keep waiting five whole minutes for her to bring my drinks. We had a nice chuckle about it. I received excellent, excellent service from her the remainder of my time at Mirage, and all my drinks were always the doubles that they don't pour for customers. <laughs> Love the way that worked out. It's it just me paying more attention to trying to build those relationships quickly in a, in a strange environment, and something that, as a result of the podcast, I was just more aware of. As a result of the Casino Wisdoms, I was just more aware of. I also met a new ally while playing blackjack. If you've seen the Hangover movies, if you're a gambler and or a Vegas lover, you better have seen the Hangover movies. But if you've seen the Hangover movies, you know that there are two characters, White Doug and Black Doug, due to a complication of them losing their friend. Well, I met a new Mirage ally, and I'm going to call him Pear Square Doug that first evening, which fits. The Hangover movies have two Dugs, and now Casino Combat has two Dugs. Pear Square Doug and Virginia, Virginia Casino Player Doug. That just makes sense. Pear Square Doug gets his nickname from a side bet. Pear Square is a blackjack side bet that pays out if your first two cards as the player match each other. Some versions pay extra if the two cards are the same color and then pay even more if the two cards are the same suit. So uh, two nine of clubs would pay a lot more than just two random nines. We've discussed this in the past. The purpose of side bets is to increase the house's advantage on the main blackjack bet by having players play the side bet with poorer odds. Pair Square Doug didn't play the side bet every hand, but he had a theory that someone at the table would win the, that bet, that side bet, each time a hand was added 
or taken away from the table. Anytime someone entered or left the game, he would point it out and he would make the pair square bet. And to be fair, given the small sample sizes I saw, pairs did seem to show up more often in these situations. It's anecdotal. It's his bias being confirmed. It's not something I would make a wager based on, but we did have fun with it. Pair Squares Doug was a great ally. He would flag me down if he was already playing when I was looking for a table. He'd find me if, if, if I was already playing and join me. We had several fun evenings playing blackjack, swapping stories, and waiting to see if a pair would come up if someone entered the game or left the game. On Thursday, I met my friend the artiste and his wife, surprising him for his 50th birthday on the 108th floor of the Stratosphere Tower for happy hour. It was a surprise his wife Sandra D and I worked hard to keep secret, and we succeeded beyond our wildest expectations. She was taking pictures of him with him standing literally right beside my table and not realizing I was there. He didn't notice it was me until Sandra D asked if I could take a picture of the two of them together. He was very surprised, a little bit shocked, and his first question was, did you just randomly happen to be here? His wife and I confessed that we had been planning that particular surprise for months and that I had helped plan most of their trip to that point. The Tesla limo, the hotel, all those types of little things that he thought he, she had done so amazingly well, and she had. But he in that moment realized and understood how she had known so much about how to plan an excellent Las Vegas trip for them. I'm going to give you a gambling rundown for the Vegas part of my week in a minute, but I want to use the time right now, the time the three of us spent together, to illustrate some truths about drinking, gambling, and about Las Vegas. Since names are changed to protect the innocent and the guilty, I feel like the lessons justify the tale. I arrived at the Stratosphere Tower before my friends and found out that the happy hour special on the 108th floor was buy one, get one free if you bought identical drinks. So I bought two drinks. I had finished most of one by the time they arrived and finished the second as we talked, and then we all got more drinks. The Artiste and Sandra D are not frequent drinkers. So two drinks for them, followed by two more drinks over the course of three and a half or four hours is a lot of drinking. It was obvious they were both quickly under the influence I really wasn't noticing anything. Big cups, short pours for tourists enjoying the view, not really a lot of liquor, not really a lot of alcohol. We mostly just talked and sipped and enjoyed watching the sunset and the lights come up over the strip. The two of them had been in Las Vegas for an evening and a full day. They had not done any gambling yet and they were ready to get some food and do some gambling with TRG as an advisor and a guide, which was fine with me. As we were planning, Sandra D. remarked that they were both a bit tipsy and I was still acting normal. And the artiste spoke up and said, I told you, I told you, I remember this from the last time I was here. I was with him, I was drunk all the time, and he was mostly sober and on top of the gambling for us. And I'm mentioning all this not to brag, not to boast, not to demonstrate that TRG can hold his liquor, but to illustrate casino wisdom number three. Casino wisdom number three teaches us don't drink and gamble or be well prepared to do so. The artiste and Sandra, Sandra D, having consumed four drinks over three and a half hours, were really not prepared to gamble. They have almost no practice gambling and less practice drinking. 
minus my involvement, I'd have advised them to do something other than gambling for the evening. But I was convinced that in their slightly inebriated state, I could coach them through it. I could help them manage it. I knew from past gambling with them, both locally and with the artiste in Las Vegas, that they would take my advice, that they would listen to me in terms of money management, in terms of buy-in, in terms of hand play. I knew they were going to count on me for a wagering strategy. So I thought we'd be fine. I knew I was not overserved. I, I thought it would all go well. In the end, it didn't matter. And it's another lesson about Vegas here, and that's why I'm sharing this part. I didn't know, I didn't realize, I was not aware that Sandra D struggles with motion sickness. Unfortunately, the combination of alcohol and a high-speed elevator dropping her down 108 stories very, very quickly kicked in her motion sickness in a big way. By the time we got to the first floor, she didn't want food. She was disoriented. She needed to lie down. As the artiste and I got her to a cab so he could take her back to the hotel, she was feeling physically terrible, but also mentally terrible about shortening the evening significantly. And she mentioned that she was really embarrassed. The point I made to her, the point I wanted to make to all of you was this. She had zero reason to be embarrassed. I told her we'd make up for the gambling the next day after we had brunch and we did that. We took care of that gambling piece. We gambled all, all day the next day. But the important concept here is that what happened to her, a little more alcohol than she's used to, and then something making her not feel well and needing to take a break, for Las Vegas regulars and Las Vegas workers, this is just normal everyday stuff. I assured her she wasn't the first person in Las Vegas that day to experience what she was experiencing. But well before we had this happen to her, other people went through it. They drank too much. They did something unusual. They ate something they normally didn't eat. And they ended up not feeling well and, and taking some downtime. It's normal Vegas stuff. That's part of the reason that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Every Vegas rookie experiences stuff like this from time to time. If no one got hurt, it's no big deal. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just Vegas being Vegas. I also share things like this, as well as the various casino wisdoms, including casino wisdom number three, because I like to help as many listeners as possible not be Vegas rookies. As Inner Circle member Virginia Casino player Doug put it, I want you all to be casino confident. And yes, we spell confident with a K. So running down all the tables and slot machines would be lots of details that I don't think are very interesting. Over the course of Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I gambled my way up and down the strip, both by myself and with the artiste and Sandra D. I played blackjack and craps most of the day Friday at a variety of MGM properties with the two of them. Solo, I played my first electronic craps, which I will probably talk about next episode. I had a long marathon four-hour session at a blackjack table using TRG wagering system to always be grinding with lots of winning and losing and regrouping to stay at the table because Pear Square Doug and I were having a good time and the casino was packed on Saturday night. I even, over the course of those days, played a bit of Baccarat, which I don't normally do as much of because the table limits were so high except at Baccarat where they were 10 bucks. So I was able to get some box sessions in and win a little money doing that. 
All told, over the course of the whole week, both locally and with a lot of gambling in Las Vegas, I finished having the week, I finished up having won just over two days' pay for the week. Before we move on to the Virtual VIP Lounge, let me mention one last technique item that you should all be aware of. Casino Wisdom number 77 teaches us that if you don't ask, you don't get. That wisdom should always be top of mind when leaving a casino after an extended visit. On Saturday, I ended both the week and my stay at the Mirage and moved to the Flamingo across the street to, as I said, maximize my comps and minimize my costs. If I had left, all the things I had put on my bill would have stayed on my bill and I'd have been responsible for them. But as I was leaving, I stopped at the VIP office in the high limit room and asked them to review my play for potential additional comps. A host took a look at the computer and took roughly a third of a day's pay off my bill, about 25% off my bill, comping various drinks, snacks, and room service meals that I had already agreed to pay for. And now here's the fun part. They're going to still give me tier points and fake tax-free imaginary free money for those expenses, even though they comp them back to me at the end of my stay. If you don't ask, if you don't make that stop and talk to a host, you don't get. And you should always ask when leaving a casino after a multi-day stay if you have expenses. It was a good week. A lot of Vegas in it, that's always fun, and a nice win after a lot of gambling. All right, I got a bit of a mind bender for you in the virtual VIP lounge. I hope it's fun. I hope it's a little bit interesting and weird. Let's go do that next. Join me in the virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the Virtual VIP Lounge. We have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. You know, virtually, locally bottled, handcrafted, still water, artisanal soda and pop, all the best virtual wines and spirits. You know, since our lounge is virtual, I guess we can have the best 420 herbal refreshments as well, since they are probably virtually legal here in parts unknown. I mentioned that for a reason. I'm going to share a very deep observation about the nature of cards and quantum physics. It's an observation... I have made a number of times an observation that is the kind of thing you might hear in a college dorm room after 4.20 p.m. Usually, this accurate but complex reflection on the nature of cards, gambling, and quantum physics gets me a blank stare at best. But I randomly ended up gambling in Las Vegas with someone getting a doctorate in physics, and he not only understood the concept, he finished my sentence for me exactly as I was getting prepared to say it. So, as always, I encourage you to press pause if you can and join me in a drink. I'm going to have a few sips of Crown today as I share this story, but if herbal refreshments are legal where you are and available to you, this would be a good time to enjoy those as well, I suspect. Okay, I guess technically this is a teach and a story, kind of going to go off-brand a little bit, a lesson in quantum physics that also has theoretical applications to playing cards and blackjack. And lest anyone get overly impressed with my understanding of this topic, I learned it from the TV show Big Bang Theory, and I suspect many people in the world did it as well. Quantum physics deals with the physics of subatomic particles. One of the things that has been learned about subatomic particles is that a quantum system such as an atom or photon can exist as a combination of multiple states corresponding to different 
possible outcomes, that's an important concept, possible outcomes, pending observation by an outside observer. So the idea here is that at the subatomic level, multiple things are true all at the same time. Multiple results are true all at the same time. And they aren't decided. What is actually true or not true is only decided when someone outside the quantum system observes the result. Until observation, all things are true, false, or possible. Anyway, a physicist named Schrodinger created a thought experiment, not an actual experiment, just a mental exercise to illustrate the current thinking on the topic at the time. The thought experiment was and is called Schrodinger's Cat. Schrodinger proposed a scenario with a cat locked in a steel chamber, wherein the cat's life or death depended on the state of a radioactive atom, whether it had decayed and emitted radiation or not. That's the quantum state. According to Schrodinger, the Copenhagen interpretation implies that the cat remains both alive and dead until the state has been observed by unlocking the box and checking on the cat. Until we check the cat, until we observe the cat, the cat is both alive and dead. According to thinking at the time, until that observation occurred, as I said, the cat's both alive and dead. It existed in all possible states. Schrodinger did not wish to promote the idea of dead and alive cats as a serious possibility. On the contrary, he intended to use the example to illustrate the absurdity of the existing view of quantum mechanics at that point. An absurdity that I like to play off of from time to time to make conversation at a blackjack table. So what does this all have to do with blackjack? How does this theoretical cat, theoretically alive or dead, until we observe it, have to do with blackjack? From my recent Vegas trip, this is an illustration. This is how this randomly and absurdly, absurdity is a part of this, this is how it applies to blackjack. In blackjack, a player can actually double any two cards by adding money beside their initial wager that is equal to or less than the amount of their original wager. And if the player does this, they only receive one additional card. Depending on the rules at the particular casino, there may be an option to have the card delivered face down, which is to say unseen and unknown to anyone. Sometimes casinos refuse to allow face-down cards. Sometimes the extra bit of fun is reserved for players in the high-limit room. However, at the Mirage, having the card delivered face-down and unseen is an option on all of their blackjack tables. And the dealers often ask if the player wants their card up or down before it is dealt. And that happened to me. I'm making a double. I was given the option after doubling of card up or card down. And I said, well, according to Schrodinger's interpretation of quantum physics, I'd like it face down, since until it's observed, it is all possible potential cards. As I suspect you can understand, this is usually met with blank stares. People usually don't get it. They usually don't understand it. I kind of have a little explanation that goes after that sentence. And occasionally someone nods and says, sure, Big Bang Theory. I have a standard response to that, as I said. But on this evening, as I mentioned, the face-down card is all potential cards. The player to my left, who I didn't know was getting a doctorate in physics, but the player on my left remarks, brilliant, it really is Schrodinger's card. <laughs> That's what I always call it, Schrodinger's card. That's the last part of my thought, usually. That, you know, people haven't heard of Schrodinger, don't get it, they just... Look at me like I'm nuts, which is also a fair interpretation. Not the Copenhagen interpretation, I hope. 
It was fun to meet someone who understood the reference and its application to the custom of face-down cards. Until you look at them, they may be the exact cards you need or the worst possible card for you. You don't know until the card is observed. Until that time, according to Schrodinger, it is all possible cards. Given an option, I always go with Schrodinger's card and take my double card face down so that until it's observed, I know it could be the perfect card. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your win. Remember your casino wisdoms. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing your time with me today. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it.